Welcome to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We hope that you will be encouraged and challenged today as you listen to a message from one of our speakers. Prepare your heart and get ready to receive a word from God today. Yeah. Here we go. Like you said, my name is Andrew Kurtz. I'm excited to teach you guys today. Um, We're going to start off in... Matthew chapter 6, that's the key text for today. So if if you have a Bible with you, go ahead and open up to Matthew 6. But before we get into the text, I want to tell you a little bit about myself. So I don't travel a lot, but I've, I've gone through the airport a fair number of times. And every time, like every time I go through the airport, there comes this moment where I see this person Ah, yes, that's the guy. I walk up to security, the metal detector, whatever the thing is, and I start to worry. I get nervous. What's, what's in my luggage? What did I pack today? What's in my pockets? Is my belt buckle too big? What's happening here? And I start to worry. All these thoughts, these what-ifs start to come through my mind. Another example, you're driving in your car and you see in your mirror, oh, that guy. You see the police car. It's right there. Do you relate? Do you get it now? You get that feeling? Okay, I'm not the only one that looks in my mirror and, and says, uh-oh. And uh, it's ridiculous. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm going two miles per hour over the speed limit, but that's okay, right? Right? So I'm talking about this unfortunate tendency to worry, like to the point that it's downright crazy. It's just a ridiculous worry. Some other examples that I, that I thought of, well, before I get to the other examples, let me, let me share you, uh, here's a personal example, okay? I drive a stick shift. Yeah. yeah! I drive a stick shift, so I need my right arm to drive. And, and so sometimes, every now and then, this stray thought comes through my mind. What if... What if I broke my right arm? <laughs> and, and I start with that thought, and I go down this rabbit trail of all these other thoughts. So here's, here's what it sounds like in my thoughts. What if I broke my right arm? Well, then I wouldn't be able to drive my car. And, and then I'd have to get a rental car, but rentals are expensive, and that's on top of the medical expenses. And, and so then, I, you know, I've got a mortgage to pay. And so if I can't pay my mortgage, I'm going to lose my house. And then I will be homeless. <laughs> Don't break your right arm. <laughs> and, and so I get that thought. That it starts with one stray thought. Just one stray thought. And in a matter of 10 seconds, I go from I break my right arm to I am homeless. <laughs> it's a ridiculous worry. Have you ever been there? Yeah? Okay, good. It's not just me. So some of the other examples that I've thought of. What if I get somewhere too early? What if I get somewhere too late? What if when I get there, there's no Wi-Fi? <laughs> or what if somebody walks in while I'm in the bathroom? Or how about this one? What if I go bald? Yeah, you could take that down. That's okay. We, we got enough of a view of that one. 
I'm not wearing a toupee, no. (laughs) Have you ever been there? Like, have you been in that? Hopefully not, but but we have that, we have that uh, ridiculous worry that comes up. And, and so can I get serious for a moment? We have a lot of these little worries, but we have far too many, far too many of the big worries. And, and that is the problem right there. That's the problem. Far too many of us allow that worry to invade our thoughts and to consume us, take over to the point where it's stealing our mental cycles. It's taking away from our ability to focus on what's actually helpful, to focus on what's beneficial to us. We just get so focused on those worries. And this worry, it causes sleepless nights. It's the thing that seeps into our interactions with other people. It's not a helpful thing. This is the worry that causes so much anguish and ends up causing us to feel emotionally empty. So hold that thought. We have been in a series called Margin, Making Space for the Life That Works. And one of those areas that we so often need space, so often need margin, is in our emotions. Emotional margin. That space to feel. Like genuinely feel in a helpful and productive way. We all need this. Emotional margin is a critical thing. It's super, super important. Just think, the car... A car that's running on fumes eventually does what? It dies. It stops running. It doesn't go on. And of all those emotional elements, it seems like worry is one of the most common, most often overlooked, and yet incredibly draining elements. Worry is out there. And most of us seem to be okay to live with that emotional black hole swirling around in our thoughts. But the good news is, I don't believe that that is how God has called us to live. There's more for us than being on empty. God is not about worry. And here's here's why I say that. A couple of verses that support this. First one, John 14 Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. Another one, this is describing Jesus. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. One more. Philippians 4.9. And the God of worry? No, the God of peace will be with you. God is calling us out of a life of worry and into peace. So, like I said earlier, if you brought a Bible with you, turn to Matthew chapter 6. You can also grab a Bible and the chair in front of you. We're going to be looking at what Jesus has to say about worry. So starting in verse 25, to set the scene, though, what we have here is Jesus is teaching a large crowd. He's up on this mountainside, and he's, he's teaching a crowd of people on all sorts of different topics, and he gets to the topic of worry. Starts at verse 25. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat 
or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things, and your heavenly Father knows that you need them. The talk today is titled, Emotional Margin, Putting Worry to Rest. And, and I have a couple of thoughts that I think are going to be helpful for us as we press into this worry-free life. Uh, but before we press into that, let me, let me say a quick prayer. So God, we are we're so excited to, to be with you and to, to learn about who you are and what you say. And I just ask God that you would come and teach us. Use this talk to give us wisdom and, and to teach us how to press into peace and how to live worry-free. Help us, God. Teach us. Thank you for speaking to us today. In Jesus' name, amen. So the first point then for you to fill in is, number one, we can avoid worry by recognizing it is worthless. It is worthless. Now, I'm not saying anything overly profound here. Like, we, we probably know we should worry less. We probably know that it's not helpful. But, but do you know it enough? Do you know it enough to do something about it? Like, do we know it enough to make the effort to fight for peace of mind? Do we know that? Look back at the text, verse 27. Can any one of you, can any one of you, by worrying, add a single hour to your life? Did you catch that the first time we read through that? Essentially, what Jesus is saying here is worry adds nothing to your life. It's worthless. It's not helpful. But doesn't it feel like the opposite is true? Like, we may, in, we may be in bed, or we're in our car, or we're in line at mire, and we think we're doing something beneficial. We think we're doing something helpful. We think we're just covering all our bases, considering all the possibilities, but we're not really doing something helpful. Really, I'm, I'm losing I'm losing my emotional margin. I'm losing my peace of mind. I'm losing hope. I'm losing all these things because worry steals from us. It steals that joy and peace and hope. For example, you're standing, this is, this is how I feel, standing in line, checking out at Meijer, and, and I'm putting my groceries into my cart, paying, and I look back at four or five people in line, and I, in a moment where I, where I should be peaceful, this is good, I'm just going about my day. In that moment of what should be peace, I'm looking at these people and I'm thinking, are they fed up with me? I'm worrying that I'm taking too long for them. It's, 
It's not helpful in that moment. My worry just stole my peace, just like that. If worry is worthless, what can we do? For starters, we've got to live differently. We have to live differently. Back in the text, at the very end, Jesus says, for the pagans, the pagans are the unbelievers, for the pagans run after all these things. So the rest of the world is just running after all these things that we worry about. They're just going after it. So they're, they're running after money, and they're running after their, their jobs and their health, and they're going after family and friends and all these things that we so often worry about. Maybe instead of letting worry rush us into a mental marathon we don't want to go on, how about we do something productive? How about we do something productive instead? So I want to look at a couple of incredible responses in Scripture, incredible accounts of, of people who are in a moment, in a situation where they, they would have, I would have, easily worried, like worry would have been the understandable response, but they chose something different. So first one is the Apostle Paul. Paul was this guy who traveled all over the world. He traveled from city to city, and, and he taught the gospel. He taught about Jesus and shared the word of God. And, and he traveled with this friend at this point. He's with Silas, and he goes to the city of Philippi. And at some point, they ticked some people off, and they, they got thrown in prison. But not only that, they got thrown in prison, but they were, they were beaten with rods. They were stripped. They were flogged. It's not good. So there they are, bloody, beaten, chained up in prison. You know what I'd be doing in that moment? Worrying. I'd be worried. Like, what's going to happen to me? But it's not what Paul did. Acts chapter 16. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. And the other prisoners were listening to them. They sang. In a moment that I would be worrying, they sang. And they prayed to a God they knew was near. A God they knew had their back. Worrying about their situation, it was not going to benefit them in any way. It wasn't going to be helpful to them in that moment. Now, I have a side note. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. A worry-free life creates space to care for other people. The, the peace of mind that Paul and Silas had may have created space for them. The, it, they, they, instead of worrying, they decided to care for the people around them. They had the ability to minister to the others in that prison. There was a space. It allows us the mental space to take our eyes off of ourselves and focus on the people around us and enjoy the things and people around us. That's a, that's a significant thing. That's a big deal. 
And I, I found this to be helpful in my own life. So when, when worry, when my own concerns are crowding my mind, and, and I can't take my mind off of those things, I find it so helpful to redirect my thoughts to the people around me, to serve them, to do something with them, for them. So this past week, instead of worrying about my message for the 40th time, I decided, you know what, my wife, she's wanted me to clean the basement for us for a little while. I'm going to go do that. I'm going to go serve her, serve other people. Now, I'm, I'm not sure if Paul and Silas like intentionally were trying to minister to the others in that prison, but what they did instead of worrying created an incredible opportunity. It incre- they, they, they were able to, in that space, in that margin, they were able to minister to the people in the prison. For example, instead of worrying, they did something. Here, here's what they did. Later on in the account, it says, the jailer asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? That's a big question, right? That's a huge question. But because they weren't worrying, they were able to address that. They, they did something. They served the people around them. And ultimately, ultimately, the jailer, and later on, his entire family got saved. Wow. Let me give you another example. David, the guy we're going to be talking about this summer in our next series, David, he, he was the guy who later became king. At this point in Acts, not Acts, in 1 Samuel chapter 17, David, he's just a shepherd boy at this point. And, and so he's walking up, he's carrying supplies up to a battlefield where it's the Israelites against the Philistines and there's this giant Goliath standing in the middle and David walks up to this scene, and, and he sees all the Israelites. They're worrying. Everybody is worrying. What can we do against this giant? And so he walks up, and he, you know how I would respond if I walked up to that scene? I'd be worried. That's a big giant. But David does something else. He takes action. Here it is, 1 Samuel 17, verse 32. David said to Saul, let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. And if I can paraphrase that, let no one worry on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him. Your servant will go and fight him. You can write this down. David didn't lose heart. He took action. And that's the difference maker. That is the difference maker. Worry gets us stuck. Worry is worthless. So take action. Do something. Let me tell you, Paul and Silas, they were later on released from prison. David, he ended up killing that giant. Sounds like they chose the better option. So if, if worry is worthless, we have to decide not to engage with it. We have to decide to do something else instead. So here you go. Here are 
four things to do instead of worrying. Number one, pray. Pray. Paul and Silas prayed. In a moment that I would have been worrying, they prayed. And it helped. Paul knew this to be helpful. He actually wrote scripture about prayer. Here it is. Philippians 4, 6. Paul writes, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. Paul prayed. Now, I actually do this in my own life, and I actually pray a specific prayer. Um, I call it a releasing prayer. So if you want, you can write that in. Pray a releasing prayer. And, And here's what it looks like. If prayer comes up, I actually, if worry comes up, I actually put my hands out as if I'm getting ready to give my worry to God. Like it's in my hands, I'm giving it to God, and I pray this prayer. I encourage you, take a picture of this, pray this on your own. Personalize personalize this for you. So if I'm worried about something, I I put my hands out and I pray, God, you know my heart. I'm worried about my friend Derek. I'm worried about my financial situation. I'm worried about that project at work. God, I'm worried about my family. I'm worried about the current political climate. I'm worried about these things, God. But you are good and you care. So I give this to you. Thank you for helping. And I pray that. And I find myself enjoying peace as a result. Second thing you can write down, second helpful tip, worship. Worship. Paul and Silas sang. When we worship, God gets bigger, which puts our, pers- our worries into perspective. Found this cool verse. It's 1 Peter chapter 3 from the New Living Translation. So don't worry or be afraid of their threats. Instead, you must worship Christ. Don't worry. Instead, worship. Sing to God. Put those worries into perspective. Third thing you can do, serve others. We kind of already touched on this one, but Paul and Silas, they they were able to serve the jailer. Did you know other people have worries too? How can you How can you make someone else's worries less of a burden to them this week? And then the last one, number four, fight. Fight. David did this. He got aggressive with the worry. So, what's your worry? Fight for your finances. Fight for your marriage. Fight for your family and your friends. Fight for your health. Fight for the thing that you're worried about. Here's a question for you to consider. Is there something I'm worrying about that I should be doing something about? 
So to wrap up this first point, we can avoid worry by recognizing it is worthless. Second fill-in, second point, we can avoid worry by realizing our worth. By realizing our worth. Take another look at the scripture in Matthew. And imagine Jesus is speaking these words directly to you. He's saying this over you, to you right now. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Are you not much more valuable than they? By the way, the answer is yes. This is less of a question and more of a statement. You are more valuable than those things. So put your own name in there. I hear this, and, and, and what I hear is reassurance. I hear reassurance. I hear, Andrew, are you not much more valuable than they? Andrew's son, I've got you. You are worth so much to me. If we were worth Jesus dying for us, that God would make that effort for us, doesn't it follow? Doesn't it follow that God would make the effort, that God would think that we're worth it, that he would care for us in other ways? Story time. My walk down worry lane started early in my life. Like the first time I actually remember like the significant worry was in first grade. Mrs. DeClark's class. I'm, I'm sitting there. I specifically remember we were working on a craft. I don't know what the craft was, but we were working on this craft, and I was cutting out some things, and at some point, I threw away a page that I needed. I, I, I didn't have what I needed to finish the, the craft. And so I, I remember I was on my knees, digging through the garbage, sobbing, worrying. Am I going to get a bad grade on this? Pattern continued, third grade, I had the honor of being in a special group that got to do extra schoolwork. Yeah, that was me. That was fun. I had to write up a mock interview with Thomas Jefferson. A multi-page, in third grade, a multi-page interview with Thomas Jefferson. And I didn't know that guy. I didn't know Thomas Jefferson. Like, I knew he was an important person, but I didn't know anything about him. I didn't know what he sounded like. Thomas Jefferson. So I had to, I had to write this thing. And, and I remember night after night after night, I couldn't sleep. I was up worrying, thinking through, how am I going to get this done? I was a worrier. It overwhelmed me, and it messed me up for weeks. And this pattern of worry continued. It didn't stop in third grade. It, it was elementary school and middle school and high school and college and my first job. It, it kept going. This pattern of worry continued in my life, and I, I always seemed to fall back into worry. Worry was an unwanted but ever-present companion in my life. 
But when I was 24, I finally realized my value to God. Something clicked inside of me, and I understood that what I was reading in the Bible was true. These words, these verses, scripture that I had heard all my life, they meant something for me. I recognized that worry wasn't helping me. It was worthless. And, and I realized that God actually does want to care for and will care for me if I create a space for him to do so. Now worry, it still comes up. Don't get me wrong on that. But my life has been changed as a result of knowing my value to God. Totally different. And here's the thing. Like, I, I always knew Jesus loved me. I always knew that God cared for me, cared for my life. I grew up singing those songs, Jesus loves me, this I know. And Jesus loves the little children. I sang those songs. I knew those words. But I never, never had any grid for the depth of those words. Never understood it. Jesus means what he says. I found a cool, a cool verse here uh, from the Passion Translation. God doesn't abandon or forget even the small sparrow he has made. How then could he forget or abandon you? So you never need to worry for you are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. You are more valuable to God than anything else in this world. Jesus, the Son of God, did not die on a cross so that we could worry about bills. He died so that we could live. To live. Worrying isn't living. It's not. You are worth, we are worth more to God than all of the flowers of the field, than all the birds of the air. You are worth it. Find peace of mind in that knowledge. Recognize the hope in that. And intentionally choose to turn from your worries. God cares. He cares. When I focus my attention on a heavenly father who says I'm worth his time and worth his care, my thoughts are transformed. My thoughts are transformed. You can fill this in. Knowing our value transforms our perspective. It transforms our perspective. We can approach what is causing us to worry with new eyes and a new mindset because we know we have a Father in heaven who cares for you, for me, and he cares for my situations. I have a Father who, who cares for me and provides what is needed. The Bible says God cares over and over and over. God says you're worth it. So to summarize this point, I've got this scripture. I love this scripture 
1 Peter 5, 7. Cast all your anxiety on him. Give him all your worries because he cares for you. He cares for you. So to recap, we can avoid worry by recognizing it is worthless and by realizing our worth. Why don't you stand? We're going to head into a time to pray. Thanks for listening to the Vineyard Church Weekly Message Podcast. We pray that you were impacted by this message. God bless and see you next time.